Hebrews 11, 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. This is who God is. Listen, listen, that he is a rewarder. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. And he's a rewarder of those. Diligently seek him. Oh, our God is good. Now, John chapter 11, verse 21. Lord Martha said to Jesus, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. But you know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said, or your brother will rise again. Well, I know, Lord. I know, I know in the resurrection in the last day. In other words, in, in heaven. Jesus said, or no, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. Even though they die, they will live. I want to talk from this subject today. I want great faith. Is that anybody's prayer today? I want great faith. My sermon title is a prayer today. I want, I want great faith. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us now. Father, we open our heart to your word, to your truth, to your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for all you're doing in our life. In the matchless name of Jesus, everybody said amen. 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 Thank you, Zach. Appreciate you. So faith is, you got one whistle. Is that your wife who's whistling at you? Faith is, <laughs> maybe left. Faith is belief. Faith is trust. It, faith is to be persuaded of God's truth. Faith is believing God and believing what God has said over my life. So it's, it's believing that, that there is a God. It's believing in God, but then it's believing his word. Yeah. It's not just believing that he is, it's believing that he can do what he said he can do. That's, that is faith. It's being persuaded of God's truth, God's power, God's love, God's faithfulness. It, 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 is, it is more about believing in who he is than even believing in him. Because I think most people believe in a God or in God, but it's different to believe in his character. So when Goldie writes down her birthday's coming up in November, when she writes down on her birthday list what she wants, there is no doubt that that's what she's getting. Not just because she believes I exist, but because she believes that I am who I say I am. That's who God is. You can, you can believe. That's faith. And I want great faith. So in Mark 4, we find people who have, oh, excuse me, I'm, I'm going too fast. Let me give you this real quick. Faith is the divinely given conviction of things unseen. It is the this divinely given conviction of things unseen. I, I believe in the unseen. Never forget this. We, we believe in the unseen that Paul called eternal. Let me tell you why you must believe in the unseen. Because when the seen is acting up, <laughs> <laughs> you're not moved by it because you believe in the unseen. See, you're, you're, you're looking at Javen, but you're not really looking at You're looking at my earth suit. You're looking at my dust suit. You're looking at my, my dirt house. But the real me is the spirit God breathed into me. I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. But the real me is, is the spirit man that God gave me. And it's been born again, is now alive in God. And I, and I believe in God. And God, the Bible says, is invisible. Now, 
that's okay because it, it's, it's showing us how we approach God. We approach God by the Spirit. We approach God by faith. You've got to understand this. This is so important to understanding. Jesus said it like this. Blessed are those who believe, though they do not see. Uh, he's not saying that you'll never see miracles or answers to prayer. He's saying, he's saying that if, if you're just living off of what you can see, that's not faith and there's no blessing in it. Yeah. Yeah. The blessing is to walk and believe. You can't see it with your eyes, but let me give you this next one. Faith is the eye to see the invisible. I don't see it with these eyes. I see it with the eye of faith. Yeah. I see it by the Spirit of God. I, I am not living by what I see. I'm not living by what I feel. I'm living by the Word of God, and my trust is in who God is. And so in, in Mark 4, we find people who have no faith. Now, that's none of us because we're here, so I, I don't think that's us. Amen. And then we have Matthew 8. We have people who have little faith. And that word little is short burst. It's like if you took a balloon and blew it up and then let it go and it's. <laughs> and some of you are like, that's me, dog. That is me right now. I got faith on Sundays. By Tuesday, I need prayer, okay? So there are people who have little faith. But then there are these two people, only two people in the Bible. They're in Matthew 8 and Matthew 15. They have great faith. One was a Roman centurion, not a, not a Jewish person, not a believer. And one was a Canaanite woman, again, not part of the covenant of God. But Jesus looked at them and he, he said this in the Greek. He said, you have megos faith. This Greek word megos, anybody know where I'm going with this? Mega. Amen. Three of you. <laughs> Y'all get free coffee after for, for you got, they got mega faith. That's what Jesus said. You got megos faith. You got Great faith. This word faith or this word mega means big, large, mature, long-lasting, growing, abundant, and overflowing. Listen, that's the kind of faith I want. I want big, large, mature, long-lasting, growing, abundant, and overflowing. And by the way, by the way, your life will look like your faith. So if you, uh, so I want a life that is big and large and mature and long-lasting and growing and abundant and overflowing. And if I can get my faith to be mega, I'm going to live a mega life. If I can have big faith, I'm going to live a big life. If I, can, if I can have a big belief and trust in God, then my life is going to flow like a river. It's going to be strong. It's going to be great. It's going to be growing. It's going to be maturing. This is my testimony, not weak faith, not no faith. Come on, I'm believing for great faith for your life. And this great city needs a church with great faith. That's our desire. So we know that our faith can grow. We know that our faith can mature. We know that our faith can overflow. And I just want to say something. I just want to remind someone. I'm not trying to get so fired up so soon. I'm really trying to pace myself. But I just got to remind you, faith still pleases God. Faith still moves God. Faith still releases miracles. Faith still changes generations. Faith still opens the heavens. And faith still moves mountains. 
We are saved by grace through faith, and this will be our entire life, receiving from God and then activating and believing and walking in what God has for me. It's by grace. It's through faith. I'm never going to mature from it. I'm never going to grow out of it. I'm only going to mature in it. I'm going to grow in grace, and I'm going to grow in faith. And as I grow in grace and as I grow in faith, my life will be transformed. Hebrews 11.1 says this, faith is the substance, substance, substance. Just do this with your hands. Do this with your hands. Substance. Substance of things hoped for. If you're by someone that you know, maybe just elbow them or feel them or something. Just make sure you, if you don't know them, this is not the time to touch. Amen. But if you know them, just, (laughs) sir, if it's your wife, go ahead. Just grab her thigh real quick. Let her know you're alive still. Your faith is the, it's the substance. Faith, Faith gives hope substance. Faith gives hope flesh. Faith gives hope feet. If you're not careful, you'll live your whole life in hope. Well, I hope. But faith moves it. I hope one day our marriage will get better. Faith gets you to counseling. Well, I hope, I hope it'll all work out. Faith will get you to apologize. <laughs> oh, one day I'd hope to get involved in church. Faith will get you out of your comfort zone and make you go through next steps and get plugged in. Well, I hope I can meet some friends over at City Light. There's a lot of clicks over there. No, faith will get you moving. Faith will get you out there going, hi, 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 hi. I want to go to lunch with somebody. Hi, hi, hi. Faith will get you moving. (laughs) Hope to get married one day, brother. I'd really like to find me a wife. Faith will make you ask somebody out. Ask somebody out. I feel like I said that wrong. Ask somebody out. Faith... Faith moves. If you're not careful, you'll live your whole life with a I hope so. But faith is the substance. Wow. This is where God wants to bring us to. See, hope believes, but faith receives. Faith reaches into the unseen realm and it brings it back into the seen realm. Let me show you a few things about faith. Here's the first one, the object of faith. And the object of our faith is God. This sounds so elementary, but it was important enough for Jesus to say it. Mark eleven twenty two. He's looking at religious people. He's looking at church people. He's looking at us. And he goes, hey, have faith in God. Because if you're not careful, you will put your trust in all kinds of other things. And some of it's normal. We, I, I set an alarm last night, and I, I had faith in my iPhone that it was going to wake me up, and it did. I sat in that chair today, and I had faith it was going to keep me up. I, didn't, I wasn't worried about my car starting today. I just got in my car and just hit the button, and boom, it turned on. I just I don't understand it. I have no idea anything about an engine. The only thing I know about a car is how to put gas in a car. That's it. (laughs) But I got faith that things are, pistons are doing stuff. V's are being and oil is lubricating. And hey, man, I don't know how it works. I just hit the button. Okay. It, it It is easy for us. To put our belief, our trust, our hope, our reliance on on so many other things, even good things, 
you got to keep your faith in God. Not in your performance. Not, not faith in faith. Faith in God. Not faith in your works. Well, I came to church. Well, I tithe. Well, I serve. Well, I give out groceries on Saturdays. Well, I help with the kids. Well, all that's great. All of those things should be a result of faith. I just don't put my faith in those things. My faith is in Jesus and Jesus alone. So here's the thing about the great faith people. We have two of them. Neither were religious. Neither were Jewish. They were not bogged down with the rules and rituals and regulations of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They simply saw Jesus. They simply heard the words of Jesus. They simply saw the works of Jesus and went, I believe. That's why if you're, if you're a new believer, I would always tell you to start with John. Start with the book of John. I wouldn't say start with Leviticus or First Chronicles or just start with John. Because Jesus is God with a face. And when I read the book of John, I find out who God is. I want to know the personality of God. I want to know how God talks. I want to know how God walks. I want to know how God thinks. I want to know how God acts. Look at Jesus. So I read the book of John, and it lets me know who God is. And then my faith rises, and I go, that is a good God. He is an awesome God. He is a mighty God. He is a kind God. He is a patient God. I want my faith in him. But if you're not careful, as we, as we walk with Jesus for a long time, and I'm guilty of this, and I had, I had a, such a sweet couple come up to me after the night, and they go, we're Pharisees, man. We're so religious. Oh. I said, well, if you're calling yourself a Pharisee, you're not a Pharisee. I said, so we're on the right track. I go, but I, but I know what you mean, and I'm there too. We get into the emotions of good works, into the emotions of good works, that if we're not careful, we'll actually put our faith in those works. But my faith is in God. My faith is not in works. And if your faith is in works, you'll always be insecure. You'll always be striving. And you'll always wonder, have I done enough? But when my faith is in God, I can have this kind of life. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. I live a confident life. Why? Because my faith isn't in me. My faith is in God. Hebrews 4, 16, I can come before the throne of grace boldly to obtain mercy. Why? Because it's not in me. I don't have to go to God and go, God, I did this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and you need to answer my prayer. I don't, my faith isn't in those things. Because the moment I say it, I go, yeah, but I could have prayed more. Well, I could have given more. Well, I could have said more. Well, I could have been nicer. Well, I could have forgiven more. Well, I... So my faith isn't in that. My faith is in God and what God has done for me. Good works are good, but good works do not save. And if my faith is in good works, it will never lead to good. It will never lead to faith. It will never lead to salvation. It will never lead to miracles. It will never lead to breakthrough because it's all about me. But when my faith is in a good God... Oh, not only are good works produced, but the works of God are produced. In Luke 18, Jesus tells the story of two men who prayed, and he said the first one was a good religious guy. Here was his prayer. His prayer was a resume. God, I thank you that I'm not like all these others. (laughs) 
Not a good way to start a prayer. If just in case you're wondering. It's not how you start a prayer. God, I thank you that I tithe off everything I get. Lord, I thank you that I fast twice a week. Lord, I thank you that I'm all that in a bag of chips. Jesus goes, the next guy goes to pray and he does this. He won't even look to heaven. He goes, God, have mercy on me. A sinner. Jesus goes, guess who got the answer? Because <laughs> one had faith in them. One had faith in God. And when your faith is in works, the only reward is more work. But when my faith is in God, my reward is God. Somebody text me that so I don't forget it. I need to put that in my notes. Praise the Lord. Faith is the absolute confidence in God's character, love, and promise for your life. That's faith. It is a confidence that I have. It's a confidence in God, not in me. It's a confidence in God, in his character, in his love, in his promise for my life. Number two, the walk of faith. I want to remind you today, direction, not perfection. Direction, not perfection. Just the fact that you're here, I'm so proud of you. Some of you still can't join us in person. You're watching online. I'm proud of you too. But for you who have made this step of faith, you, you got here. Many of you, you brought in friends today. You're, you're praying for them right now. For you new friends that are here, your friend right now is praying for you. You don't know it because they're just like, <laughs> but they're going, Jesus, help them. Jesus, talk to them. Jesus, don't let Jabin say anything weird. Jesus. I'm so proud of you for doing that. I'm so proud of you for coming to the house of God. I'm so proud of you for bringing friends because it's about direction, not perfection. But it is about direction. He who comes to God. It's all about approach. It's all about direction. At least I'm, so even if I fall, I'm falling forward. Even if I make a mistake, I'm making a mistake in the right direction. Even if I, even if I screw up sometimes, at least I'm going, it's about direction, not perfection. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is the daily decision. Faith is, is either growing or diminishing in my life right now. I have a friend in the, in the room, I won't say his name, but he had a, a big back surgery uh, a while back, and, and he, was, he had to sit for months and months and months. And so his legs got real skinny, and all, all those muscles had to grow again because they weren't being used. And we might say things like, he lost muscle. Well, the, the muscle's still there. It's just diminished. Listen, the faith is there. The, 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 what John Calvin called the spark of God, that faith in God, is it's there, but you got to grow it. Yeah. I'll tell a funny little story. I was on Instagram the other day watching a, a football thing, and uh, it was some, I think it was Cam Newton or someone like that, and he had his shirt off, and Goldie goes, what is on his stomach? <laughs> and I go, honey, that's called a six-pack. <laughs> she goes, what are those things? I said, get away from me. Get thou behind me, Satan. And I go, those are muscles. She goes, do you have them? I go, they're there. But you got to see them by faith, baby. You got to see them by. Come on, somebody. 
I'm proud to tell you I ate salmon and kale last night for dinner, but that's another, because they're there. Now they got, you know, now she's getting old enough that I'm like, Jesus, I got to deal with this right now. Who knows what she's going to say next? So, so it's there. <laughs> Do y'all love that I just exposed the absolute just humiliating parts of my life? I did not need to tell you that story, but just for a laugh. That's how much I love you. Just for a laugh. So, so the... So it's there, the faith is there, but it's either, it's either growing or it's diminishing. It's either getting stronger or weaker. And I want to tell you, you just got to keep going in the right direction. Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. We pray by faith. We talk by faith. We, we, we raise our kids by faith. We're married by faith. We, we do all that we do by faith. We pray by faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. Faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. That means I don't live by these alone. I live by faith in the word of God and in God's promise over my life. And you go, okay, well, how do do I grow in that? Here's how. Faith is our response to God's revelation. This is the only way your faith grows, in response to God's revelation. Do not miss this point. Faith only grows, not by trials. Trials don't grow your faith. Trials reveal your faith. (laughs) Well, I'm going through this, but God's really using it. No, it's revealing what's in you. But God doesn't send calamity upon us to grow us. I don't break Goldie's arm to go, it's going to make you stronger if it doesn't kill you. No, I go to jail. And God doesn't do that. So God doesn't send calamity upon his kids to grow us. But when life acts up, and sometimes it does, what's in you will be revealed. So trials, trials don't grow our faith. Trials reveal our faith. Okay? Just important to know that. Because when you're in trouble, you better run to God and not blame it on God. Okay, okay. Thank you. So... So faith is grown by revelation. That's a big word. It just means revealing. Let me, let me give it to you a different way. Let me tell you how Paul said it, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. Can we put that on the screen? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is activated. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now I want to challenge you with something, and this, is, this isn't maybe for everybody, but I want to challenge you with an idea. Most people only come to God when they're in trouble. There are people in this room right now, you're here because you're in trouble. And I'm so glad you're here. And we don't know you're in trouble. So no one's judging you. Some of you are like, my wife told me if I don't come to church, I got to find a new place to live. So I'm here. Okay, you're in trouble. You're here. Maybe there's a health issue. You're in trouble. There's a financial issue going on. You're in trouble. You're here. I'm glad you're here. You're, You're... I'm so glad you're here. But I wanna, I'm, I'm going to make a bigger point now. Most people only come to God when they're in trouble. They only approach God when they're in trouble. They only, they only walk to God when they're in trouble. And, and I want to say 100% God's arms are always open wide. I just want to say this. That just isn't faith. It's trouble. <laughs> 
because you, you usually go to God for a miracle. You pray some outlandish prayers like, God, if you'll get me through this, I'll X, Y, Z. He gets you through it because he's awesome. And then you go back to your old life. So it wasn't faith. It was God's mercy, but it wasn't your faith. And, and God's mercy will get you out of trouble. But when you have faith, you're living at a whole other level. So I'm going to say some statements that I'm going to unpack. Fear is not faith. Panic is not faith. Emergency is not faith. And there are people who only go to God when they're afraid or when they're panicked or when they're in emergency. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying it's not faith. And I'm saying... You're limiting your life. <sighs> because faith, here's what, here's what 1 John said. We're going to study it next week. We overcome the world by our faith. So you're, instead of living as an overcomer by faith, you're living emergency to emergency. But there's this overcoming life that God has for you. There's this victory life that God has for you. There's this, there's this abundant life that Jesus offers you. And, and even when you go through trials and troubles, and, and, there, and you will, can't escape it, but you're living by faith, not by sight. So the troubles come and go, and your life just keeps moving forward. And there's people in this room that have amazing faith and are so blessed. And if you looked at them, you would think, man, they must have, they've, I guess they've never gone through anything. No, 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 they've gone through things. They've just gone through it. They didn't stay there. I heard an old preacher say one time, if you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, don't set up camp there. Don't build a condo there. Don't live your whole life there. Keep going through it. And so what I want to encourage you with is don't just go to God when you're in trouble. Please go to God when you're in trouble, but don't just go to God when you're in trouble. Let his revelation, his revealing, his word gets so in you that faith begins to grow. So here's a few ways you can do that. You need to read the Bible. You need to read the Bible. I don't know how else to say this. I am so tired of being a Christian pastor talking to Christians and feeling like I can't tell you how to be a Christian. You have to freaking read the Bible. <laughs> If you're not a believer, you don't have to. But if you're a believer in here, you got to read the word, man. You got to read you some Bible. You got to be in church. Here's another thing you can do. Take this sermon. It's going to be free tomorrow morning on our podcast and our YouTube. Listen again. Listen again. Listen at the gym. Listen in the car. Listen at that. Get it back in your spirit. And refresh yourself with the word of God. I promise you, you will hear things this week that you didn't hear today. You go, when did he say that? When did he say that? Because you were distracted. You were checking your phone or someone, some person sneezed by you. And you were like, oh, God, you missed the whole point. And, <laughs> and you listen again. You get the word in you. Start reading. Like, like we gave away that book last week, Crazy Faith. You start reading Christian books and you get the word in you. 
And now you start living by faith. Okay, not perfection, but direction. Not perfection. I'm not putting a rule on you. I'm not telling you how much to read or how much to pray or if you don't read this many chapters or pray this many minutes. or I'm not putting any rules on you. But just begin the direction towards God. Get in a small group. Get in a small We're busy. Everybody's busy. Keep it moving, James. Sometimes you know when that silence hits, it's like, keep moving before you... You feel like you're about to get in a bar fight. You know, you're like, what did I step into? Number three, <laughs> the result of faith, reward. He is a rewarder. Give me a good amen, church. He's a rewarder. Wow. Faith puts no limitation on God. And God puts no limitation on faith. Faith puts no limitation on God and God put no limitation on faith. Can you believe for it? I'm not, I'm not trying to be over inspirational here and if you can see it, you can have it. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying if you can see it, you can be it. I'm not, but I am saying if God said it, there's a difference, but if God said it, and God promised it to you and your family and to your children, put no, put no limits on God, and God will put no limit on your faith. So if it's there, believe for it. If it's a precious promise from God, believe for it. Stand on that promise. Stand on that word. Don't give up. Keep believing. Faith puts no limitation on God. God puts no Limitation on faith. God, God looked at our father of faith. Romans 4 says that Abraham is the father of our faith. And God tells Abraham in Genesis 15, he said, Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. The reward of faith is God. And God is not broke. And God is not cheap, and God is not stingy, and God is not rude, and God is not angry, and God is not frustrated. And so when you get God, you get everything in his account. How rich is God? Well, I don't know. His pavement is gold. Can, can God heal me? Well, he lives forever. He is the source of all health and healing. I'm not saying he can't use doctors. I think he does use doctors. I'm just saying, I'm just saying he's, he's big enough. And he's not rude and stingy. He's more than enough. And so when God is my reward, I don't say, well, I don't need any blessings. I just need the Lord. No, I need God and I need everything God has. So don't be all over spiritual. I just give just to give. I just serve to serve. I just, I just pray to pray. Why would you just pray to pray? We're trying to get answers here, people. Jesus never taught that. Jesus, there is not one passage where Jesus goes, just pray to pray. That is so self-righteous. 
He says, when you pray, believe that you receive when you ask. That's faith. Not self-righteous. I just, I just give because I give. I don't give to get. Then why did Paul say, whatever a man sows, he will reap? Well, it sounds like you're telling me that God will bless me if I obey him. By the way, this is the number one frustration people have with me. No, seriously, when people leave our church, they go, I don't know, it's just like, it's like talking about prosperity, you know? I don't know about prosperity. I don't know about, he said, like, if you obey God, he'll bless your life. I don't know about that. I don't know. What are we talking about? He's a good father. Imagine Goldie in our house, little five-year-old Goldie in our house, and we provide dinner for her. She goes, I don't need any food, guys. <sighs> I'm just here to be in your presence. I'm going to say, bruh, you got to eat, bruh. I don't want any toys, Dad. I don't want any toys for my birthday. I just want, just want you. Yeah, Right. And as a good father, it gives me joy to give to her. And it gives her joy to receive from me. How much more our heavenly father. He is a rewarder. Come on, he's a rewarder. Some of y'all don't want to clap for this. That's all right. I'll take your blessing too. He's a rewarder. I'm not saying God gives you everything you want. But I am saying he's good. He's generous. And he's, and he's not, he's not out of anything. You know, our car is, has been at the auto shop for five weeks because they can't find a bumper because it's off in the ocean somewhere. Don't even get me started. I'm just telling you, you never go pray. God's gone, I'm out of bumpers, man. I'm out of, he's got more than enough. He's a rewarder. This stuff makes people so uncomfortable. I don't know why. Isaiah 48, 18, I forgot to give it to him, but Isaiah 48, 18 says that, that when you obey God, when you listen to his commandments, your life becomes like a river. It just, it flows. There's a, and then he said, and your righteousness, it'll be like the waves of the seashore. It just, you just keep showing up. Faith just keeps showing up. Faith just keeps working. Faith just keeps moving. That's why you can go to a, to a stream or to a river and you can find the smoothest stone. It didn't start smooth. But over time, that river just kept working. That river just, let me tell you what your faith does. It just keeps moving mountains. It just keeps, it just keeps moving. It just keeps. I got to end. Come on up, Zach. So I want to end with this story. I started with John 11. Lazarus has died. This is Jesus' best friend in the earth. And his sister Mary comes to him, excuse me, Martha comes to him and says, Lord, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And this is where a lot of people live. They have faith in their past. It's called regret. And they're now limited by what could have happened. Well, if God would have, or if I, man, if I would have bought that house, or if I would have proposed, or if I would have bought Bitcoin, 
<laughs> and you live in what could have happened and should have happened. If God would have just answered that prayer the way I wanted him to. Ah, if I would have just made it right with that person and forgiven them. I... And you now have more faith in your past. Jesus goes, no, 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 your brother's going to live again. She goes, well, I know, Lord. In the resurrection, heaven. That's what she's saying, heaven. So watch this. She has faith for her past and she even has faith for her future. Well, you know, it's awful, but I guess one day we'll just get on to glory and it'll all make sense on the other side. I mean, I'm not going to live that way for the next 40 years of my life, 50 years of my life. I'm not going to live that way. That's not, that's not what the Bible promised. That's not like the overarching theme of Scripture is not like it'll all just make sense over there. I'm preaching y'all quiet today, aren't I? Because this, this is what most Christians in America are fed. That kind of stuff. And it never calls on you to believe God. So, well, you know, in the resurrection, Lord, I know I'll see him again. Jesus goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What about right now? I am the resurrection and the life. I'm here. Don't, don't get caught up on, on what was. Don't even get caught up on what will be. That'll be good. That's good. That's great. How about right now? How about you believe me right now? And see, it is hardest to believe God in the present. Why? Because the past, you have all these strings attached emotionally. You have all this baggage attached. So it's so easy to feel this way. And the future is just kind of like, well, it'll all just make sense over there. So it's easy to just throw it off there. But there is this courageous place. I'm not, I don't know why I'm standing like this, but I'm fired up. <laughs> there, is this, there is this tenacious place. There is this courageous place. There is this, there is this place in the middle called faith, called right here, right now. And here's what God says. I'm an ever-present help in a time of need. He says, I am Emmanuel, God, with you, and I can do something right now. And when God wants to do a work in your present, he does not have to consult with your past. When God wants to do a miracle today, he does not have to ask permission of yesterday. When God wants to break you through right now, he doesn't have to consult with every mistake you've ever made and go, well, I have to check on if you bought the house or invested in the coin or forgave the, no, right here, Right now, you can believe God for a miracle. Clap your hands, everybody. Give God praise. I'm telling you, I am not limited by my past. I'm not limited by a mistake. I'm not limited by what I could have done or should have done or would have done if I might have done. No, I'm right here. I'm right now. And if God is present, all things are possible. It takes courage, and it takes faith. See, here's why, here's why the Bible has to command us to do something that I think is interesting. I, I don't understand why. I do understand, but I think if you just, you could read right over it. Psalm 92, those who are planted. Because it is just so easy to just float. 
I'm not talking about, we always use that for, you know, those who are planted in the house of God, you got to have a home church. Agreed, that's not what I'm preaching about. I'm talking about, are you planted in the here and now? Or do you have one foot here and you look like Twister. You got one foot over here and you got a hand over here and you got a hand over here and part of your heart's over there and part of your mind's over there. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. Good. I just believe in God. You're not believing God. You're all attached to all this other stuff. And there's something about just getting planted. Here I am. I'm right here. I'm right now. God is with me. And I'm going to flourish right here. I know there's COVID, but I'm going to flourish right here. I know there's Delta, but I'm going to flourish right here. I know my employer's telling me this, and that person's telling me that, and I don't know what decision to make for my kids, but I'm planted right here. I'm planted right now. I got a lot of decisions to make, but God is with me. My faith is strong. And I'll take 2021 with God over 2019 without God. You know, pre-COVID, I'm done. I'm done with pre-COVID. I'm done talking that way. I'm done with that language. I'm I'm done, done, done. done. God is with me right now. God saw this before me. God was not shook. God was not surprised. And God did not say I'm Jehovah Jireh except during pandemics. I'm your provider unless the ships are off at the ocean. I'm a good God and your supplier unless, you know, it's a certain whatever political party. No, he is not moved by any of this. And I need faith in an unmoved God so that I will not be moved. I'm not in denial about the craziness of our world. I think a lot of you want me to talk more about it. I'm just, I can't, that's all I hear about all week. I got to come into the house of God and remind myself that I got a hope that is an anchor to my soul, that I'm planted in the house of God. And no matter what's going on out there, I will flourish because I got faith in God. So we let go of all the regret. We trust that God will take care of our future. And right here, right now, I plant myself in this moment with God, letting my roots grow down deep. Ephesians chapter 2. I let my roots grow down deep into his love. And my faith grows. And my faith will overcome the world. And my faith will overcome this moment. And my faith will overcome seasons. And my faith will overcome whatever is happening right now. In Jesus' name. Did you get your word today? Did you get your word today? Let's thank God for it. Come on, let's thank God that our faith... It's moving our life. Hallelujah.